improv teachers. It's been quite a while since I've had a podcast up, and I'm so excited that John Gabbertatios is my first 2018 podcast. I've actually had this for a bit, but because of some of the audio issues, I've been holding on to it, and finally I was like, you know what? I can't get this done, so we're just going to do it. So for part of it, you hear me, and then for a lot of part where you don't hear me at all, but you still need to listen to John because he has a lot of things to say. And ultimately, I think you can get more out of it versus me just cutting big chunks of it. Eventually, I come back, ask questions. So the episode itself is actually a little shorter because I'm not rambling on as I am now. So happy 2018. Glad to have this episode up and running. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Start off with a few things, but one is what inspired you to become a teacher for improv? What inspired me? I would, I would have to say, uh, again, I, I, throw, I throw all my credit to Joe Bernard because I, I don't really, I didn't have any anybody or anything that I saw that was like me uh, that represented me. So for her to open up the door and invite me in to be her TA, that really made me feel like, Oh yeah, I could definitely do this. Cause I worked at a different institution before and they had instructors, um, that they hired from within and never, I don't know. I think it may have crossed my mind a couple times, but I never felt like that would be a, a option on the table. But yeah, I think Joe definitely inspired me to, to uh, be a teacher and to be a great one. To try to be great. Are there other um, black members uh, who are teachers now there? Uh, yes, we have. We have. Uh, we have other members that are in the TA process, and one. Oh, and then Denzel. Uh, so now we have another one who's official, te- like teaching staff. But um, yeah, so we have some in the in the you know, uh, in the process of becoming regular teachers and I, you know, everybody, it takes, um, takes their own time. So with, I would say within the next three years, we should definitely have a, a full, uh, uh, roster of all different colors and ethnicities. Um, we're getting there. Um, Just out of curiosity, do you have any black women teaching? Uh, we have, yeah, well, we have Ashanti right now as a TA, and then we have a few on deck, and that yeah, that's the other conversation I have with Joe. Is like when she asks for recommendations for TAs, I only recommend black women. <laughs> it's so uh, from an institution stand- standpoint, man, it uh, it behooves them in so many ways. One, if you end up having um, a workshop that's for uh, w- women, Islamic women, well, they're going to need more often than not a woman of color just to teach the class. So. They've opened up. They will open up more doors to bring people into your institution than, than we can kind of even foresee right now. We haven't even identified all the different ways. You know, I mean, that's just one obvious one that we had here at Huge, and luckily we had a woman of color um, that we could call in for that. Um, but yeah, there is for for some reason. Uh, yeah, I once had I had. Uh, had a woman tell me, uh, she's like a grandmother. She's 85 years old, Gloria Banks, and she's from Tennessee. And she just always tell me, like, the number one most underappreciated woman in America is the black woman. And the most compassionate woman in America is the black woman. How those two things live together, I don't know. That's amazing. But 
we're going to get deeper into that conversation as we go deeper into all these other questions and stuff. So, but for, for now, how do you do, have you thought about your personal philosophy and approach to teaching improv? Um, yeah. Um, I don't have it. I don't have it like set in stone, but right now it just kind of feels like I got to do, uh, whatever whatever freedoms and liberties that I believe that I should have as a student, I believe that's kind of the space that I would give for the students. And, you know, and all that entails, and that's pretty lofty, but, you know, anything I think that, that I should have the right to do or say in the class, they should have the right to do or say. And then, you know, as things come up, we address them uh, each, each step of the way because – um, nobody's perfect and we, <laughs> and with this teaching thing, you know, I'm not, I don't have a years in like that. I probably have, I don't know what, four years teaching something like that. So I, I'm still learning as I go. How do you, I think it's helpful for young teachers to hear though. Like, um, cause when you say to me, you know, if they're, they're not feeling it that day, we're going to throw it out the window. We're going to do what they need to do. I know what that means. How do you think you define that? Cause I think that's helpful for young teachers to be like, Oh, the students are in a different headspace today. How do you what are what do you think are some things to identify that your students are not on syllabus today, so to speak? Um, well, the thing that's obvious to me is if you're having a day where um, you know everybody's feeling like they're a wallflower or they're feeling shy beyond the normal, and maybe it's just kind of like a, a gray day and it's a sad day, then you kind of need to just maybe take a minute to address that however you, you see fit. Um, and that might eat away at the syllabus, but that's, that's okay. And, and because we kind of teach students here to be performers, we, it's set up, you know, to kind of gear them to be working improvisers or performing uh, to some capacity. This is, uh, so if this was a different kind of context where, you know, it's just improv for people that want to just, you know, have a hobby which most of them, do but they they also know going in that this is also an opportunity for them to learn how to be a performer rather than just an improv for a hobby's sake uh nothing wrong with the other one but just saying that they got to understand that also that happens when you are just a performer some days are days that you do not want to perform and you gotta you need we all gotta figure out what works for us and that's a great opportunity to learn that too how to how to um be able to muscle or whatever it is you need to do to get in that right headspace to have fun again um, and then that might mean, you know, we lose a couple of exercises and just have a discussion and then we get into scene work and then we, b- we build ourselves up from there. Um, and, uh, yeah, rather than having to crack the whip and be like, all right, let's go. Well, there's no point in that if <laughs> nobody's, you know, nobody's feeling that. And, uh, so yeah, if you have wallflowers, how do we build them back up to, to kind of remember why they do this? And also we have this new uh, workshop class that we've been piloting called Hard Issues or Hard Topics. We're still playing with the title. But that's really fun because now we get to like unpack a lot of the things. And it's designed to get performers, uh, teachers, everybody. Um, and, I mean, performers, you know, you want to be a little bit past like yeah, a certain degree. It's, you know, you got to have, I would say, I would recommend like a year in. But like it's for those folks that want to know what to do when they're in the scene or whatever. And um, it just all of a sudden becomes offensive or problematic. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's a lot of fun because I'm learning just as much as they are. Um, and it's, it's somewhat, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a different kind of, it's like, it's like one-on-one for people that are experienced with, uh, diving into new space. What are you guys doing then to create like a safe space to 
to hit these hard topics. Um, mm-hmm. Because it because I love I love the idea of a class that is geared for people who have experience, but may not be having the conversation consistently. And okay, great, that just came up. What do we do? Uh, I would say the standards still apply, um, and then also reminding everybody that whatever is okay today that might not be okay a year from today. So you know, kind of. So keeping in mind, like, this is where we are and this is what we're feeling for the time. And one day we'll look back and it might be wrong, but we'll be okay with that because that's how we were feeling at the time. It doesn't make like us right or wrong or, you know, good and evil. So with Huge, they have, because Jill is really good at what she does, so they have, um, so you have the process of, like, you go through a TA and then you shadow and then you're given a classroom after that process is complete, Correct. Correct. Yep. And there's no hard set like, oh, you do this many TA, you do this many shadows. It's just kind of, you know, every person's different. Are you creating your own workshops? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, the hard issues was one I was able to teach in, in Vancouver. And, yeah, it, uh, what I learned is that that, as a workshop, is, is hard to cram into two hours. Hi there, listeners. Part of the audio got lost somehow, so basically I'm asking about different kind of students yeah, and dealing with students. Uh, so please yeah, go ahead and just and take a listen like a with that in mind. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I never really had, and I guess this is like a personality thing, like the personality of the teacher kind of um, kind of helps shape the tone of the course and Jill's always called me kind of like she's always kind of joking to call me like me your uncle your uncle John like uncle Johnny and meaning I'm just gonna call that out and I do so in a way I think that's fun and inviting and that's just my style so I think yeah I never I never felt like welcome to the class uh please uh you know announce your name when we point to you it's just very kind of informal and uh and again bringing it back to like uh you know representation i never saw i only saw up close and personal how jill taught which is very uh intuitive and very like inviting and and so i just kind of use that style to fit my personality so i you know i don't i don't know i've never heard feedback from students saying but then again you know uh maybe maybe we do we don't do enough uh scene i don't know i don't know I believe that them getting the experience of having a black male teacher teaching them improv is so outside the norm that 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 alone in them I I believe I don't know if this is true that alone gives them a perception that they've gotten a quality class. Now I'm not saying it's based off of just my race. My personality is on point too, but. But I believe that combination kind of like uh, removes a lot of. Um, you know, uh, what's the need that, like the need for a student to want to feel like when they walk out of there, they're SNL ready, or they, they want to feel like they, you know, that they all of a sudden trained and became the funniest person in the world. I think because the way that I, uh, have my own narrative, like weaving in and out of the course, it changes the way that they perceive the course is not as something that they're going to, they're going to do for 10 weeks at Harvard and then become this, this polished thing. They understand it's a process and they, uh, hopefully they understand that like, uh, it's a privilege and a luxury 
And so the only weird thing I've ever got, and I, I get a lot of great feedback, but one of them was like, man, John sometimes needs a, uh, maybe you should think about taking a nap once in a while before class. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. Some days. Here I asked John about being a black male teacher and how and if he felt more of an onus on his Yes. Yep. And I think I... Um, beginning, I used to dress a certain way just because I felt like maybe I wouldn't get the attention, you know, maybe, you know, just a dress shirt, maybe uh, a loosened tie, just, you know, something. And and now I may dress that way just because that's how I feel. But before it was intentional just to get the respect. And, um, but, uh, you know, over the years I've gotten enough confidence that I just, I do not give a fuck or care about what assumptions or whatever beliefs they may have. I know my worth and I know you know the the you know the course is going to be amazing and life-changing and if they choose to show up and meet everybody where I ask them to they're going to receive uh just a lot of benefits from it but if they're not going to be there I don't have time to go back and try to try to appease them or try to make them feel comfortable or try to make to sell them on that this is going to be I just don't have any I just don't care but yeah 100 percent, yes I had all kinds of problems with this and big chunks of the audio from my end are missing so just go ahead and listen and hopefully you get what you can and hopefully I find more audio and we'll find out as this podcast goes along it is it, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I saw, my, um, so one of my mentor in this, this, uh, thing aside from Jill is Lauren Anderson. Um, she, and I would watch her teach. I got free classes cause I worked at the Brave New Workshop. So I got a lot of classes and I just happen to have a lot of them with her and I, she does not hold back. She, she's, uh, she brings a lot of emotion and, and a lot of force. And that's part of the reason why we love her. But I remember seeing her having to do that tug of war and and just like her just snapping back was so beautiful to watch because we were all like "Ugh, shut up she's got this it's enough like just stop (laughs) um it's both it depends on the class and the curriculum i do go between both some some classes i need to i need to kind of feel them out and just kind of like plan out like uh two weeks in advance so, so i can set up uh because they're just so smart they're just they're really on it and they're just you know they come in improv nerds right away and you know asking for references for books and stuff so i gotta kind of like keep them you know um in, intellectually uh stimulated not only just like their creative side um but but yeah uh, it, it's a yeah it's both yeah, some of the exercises we we do use um, a, a marker and a dry erase board or, or a piece of paper, because it, yeah, it does kind of help articulate some very fundamental things. Um, yeah, some people just need that, uh, but for for the majority of it, it's just kind of like on your feet, and we'll just learn as we go together. So um, I love it. I love it when people go up and uh, and we and they. Um, try their best at something and it doesn't hit the mark or they forget to do something or whatever, whatever. I, I love, I love, I love saying, Oh great. This is an opportunity that we all get to learn together as we go throughout this course tonight. We're, here's a moment. We're going to put this in our bag and then the next group's going to go up and they're going to learn from that. And, and I try my best to alleviate the individual uh, from feeling any of the pains, uh, and if I were to lean into one style, that would be more my style. And if I can bring in visuals, I'll try. But 
it, to me, it's been more effective to just kind of try to make the whole group a whole communist sort of <laughs> kind of thing. I build them up right away. I just go, great. I just celebrate how amazing. Oh, look at this person. They brought up a flip phone that they did with their finger. Uh, look, that's, a, uh, you know, the thumb and the, uh, the pinky. That's great. Look at this. Look at this. Now, thank you. Thank you. Uh, for doing that thank you because here's why because you've never seen an improv show or maybe you've seen one or two but here's the culture of improv here's how it works with the culture of improv here's, you know and just educate and inform them and then and then you know then we just go ahead and play the the show me how many different phones you have game where we just mime it out so everybody will then be in it together and uh, just make it as silly and as fun as possible because it's such a small thing for anybody's ego to really be hurt. And if they're really hurt about that, that's a journey that they got to take on their uh, to, to with them in life, and they've got to wrestle with that. It's and yeah, and my mantra is it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And I think it does um, it does help that I, I I do a great job I think of reminding them like also why you may be butt hurt like guy. Uh, recognize that I, there was never a space for me and in, in, in the trials that we, you know, and women have been through just to get to this position. So please, please do help me out and just join me in this learning curve that we all are going to take on your behalf on because of your failure. Thank you for being a martyr for a moment, you know, and that's kind of the tone that I bring to it. And if they, yeah, if they still feel it, then I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I was just talking to Jill about this. It, uh, one, it would be nice to go to a fest soon and just take the workshops. Uh, she was saying that, and I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and um, so when I go to a festival, I'll try to take a workshop or two or three. That's always wonderful. Um, and the other thing to keep myself sharp is to just get up as many times as I can um, and and make it a goal each time I get up that I, I have a, a, an objective, a specific goal. Maybe it's to do this or to, uh, you know, connect more or how many times can I have a shared story with a partner or whatever it is, you know, something that's very small, so small that like I, you know, I can do this, you know, uh, without having to think hard about it. And aside from that, um, there's not really, there's really no other metric way to kind of like gauge or yet, <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of them um, didn't have like the improv up, upbringing, but they're so talented as actors. So I get to learn firsthand so many like actor moves and things that are very actory that I would never have the opportunity. I got an undergrad in theater, but because of them, I feel like I got an undergrad. <laughs> in hindsight, now I'm doing. I may have bitten off more than I could chew, to be honest. I, I I done fucked up. I did too much. <laughs> I did too much. God damn. Um, well, let's see. We are, we got the, um, with blackout that's helping everybody, you know, um, who's black. Um, let's see. And then there's the diversity inclusion here at, at huge. Um, and then, so those are just two kind of like, things that have within themselves a lot of components. Here I asked John about whether or not he believed there was a difficult student or the teachers just failing to reach out and communicate with that student. Both. It has to be both. Uh, there's some difficult students. I was, I would say, difficult with Lauren Anderson as my instructor for my own 
you know, stupid reasons. But when she pulled me aside, we had so many heart to hearts and she was like, no, I think you have talent. You're, I think you're going to waste it. And that pisses me off. Here's all the reasons why you're making me so angry. I'm going to hit you. (laughs) And uh, it took her having to get to that place with me for me to hear it. So her ability to like assess me and be like, Oh no, here's what he needs to really hear it. Um, and anything beyond that, I don't know what to do with us for because she cared. So I, I think it's both like, um, yeah, some students you just can't get to because everybody's living a complicated life outside of improv. So they may not get it this time, but maybe next time. Sometimes. And then sometimes when you find a student, like, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes because again, we're small and so we can do this, but like. You know, a student all of a sudden stops showing up or something. So I'll reach out and just be like, hey, da, da, da. And every now and, you know, sometimes they're like, no. And they shut the door. And you're like, okay, well, I did what I could. And sometimes a floodgate open and you're just like, wow. You try to, like, communicate. But I think after you've communicated, you know, three or four times over and over to the point where it's, you know, that it's landed. You've laid it out as simple as possible. And I think they got to just go through whatever they need to go through and, and, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's so much, it's only so much you could do. You guys have policy. You, I mean, again, cause Jill has done a great job. So there's probably policies in place in terms of like, uh, absences and being chronically late and on all that kind of stuff and then how you handle it. But do you guys, and cause I can't remember, do you guys have just a pass or fail system or are there metrics in place to determine if students are moving forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's like can't miss any more than three classes or something like that. Anything beyond that, it's just kind of like, well, uh, you're a you're, you're not in tune with the group, and it's kind of like a group experience. And B, uh, you missed out on some crucial exercises. Uh, so yeah, you probably might, you got to take it again. And then also, I think it's at the teacher's discretion too if a student may need to take the course again or something like that. Have you ever had to remove a student from your class? Uh, I have not. I have not. Again, my personality is on fire. It's the best teacher personality. And people show up early. They're outside, lined up. Mm-mm, nope, nope. Because, yeah, we just kind of just set it right at the top, the expectations. And most people, you know, and if they have a problem, I think they would leave the course on their own if they just knew that they weren't prepared to kind of meet those expectations. But, yeah, we set it right at the top. We're in this together. We got. We're gonna go through some pretty sick, like scary stuff for most of you. So let's let's all work to help each other out, make everyone look good. Um, in those lower level classes, when you're teaching, when the hot topics and the hard topics come up, do you stop a scene right away and have the discussion, or do you kind of let them play it out? Mm. Yeah, it's both. I let it play out if I know they understand the optics of it, and they they know, and I know that they see exactly how that scene is being perceived i will allow them to feel it out and and then kind of like awkwardly you know you know and if they both feel safe because we everyone that you know everyone uh has been informed and and told again that you can stop a scene at any point whenever you want to and they exercise it which makes me so happy when they do it and every time they do it i make it a big fucking deal and we all cheer them on and we say thank you and um and and we celebrate it because that's that's the goal is for everyone to feel empowered and feel like 
that them coming up there is the gift to the scene. And so uh, it depends if this, if it's just way, uh, you know, way harder than necessary, I'll just stop it. And then we can break it down. I'll stop it. We can, we can keep going on and then we'll, we'll take time before the break to to just talk about it, depending on the severity and how delicate it is because stuff happens all the time in the news. As you know, like we will have like, uh, you know, uh, Philando Castile was a black guy who got shot by the cops. So if a scene happens to have anything that's maybe even close to triggering that situation, you know, we'll just keep moving forward. And then after the break or, you know, before break or after break, we'll talk about it. And then put it, you know, put it in a way so that everybody can understand and learn and not walk away feeling guilty or ashamed because that's not what it's about. But sometimes for those heavy things, you might need you might need a little break just before you have that conversation so people can kind of like regroup and, and breathe. <laughs> yeah, and that's great to hear also that they're feeling empowered to stop scenes because, I mean, I feel like I say it and, you know, I don't know that enough students – do it like even though they know they can do it then then they necessarily do it because they're gonna be afraid that oh they say you can do this but if i do it what's really gonna happen people are gonna think i'm too sensitive or this or that and and um but then we don't get to have but then we get then there's a missed opportunity to have a harder conversation yeah yes and then and i know like and when they happen it's it's so great because you get to see um people's like real intentions kind of come up. So you'll have, sometimes you'll have that person in the class that's the uh, super, like super character. And they're just, they have all the, all the, the, I don't know, they have all like the, the, um, you know, they've got like a hard shell and they've all, they're always doing the bits and then they're always jokey. And you know, the ones that are defensive really, and, and then kind of mask their, you know, they, they always try to avoid being vulnerable. And what I love about those moments is that they get on board in those moments of uh, need where we all need to have that conversation and they're there and they're listening and it gets, it gets, it gives everybody an opportunity to see them in a light that where there's some humanity to it. And I think that's, um, that's, that's beautiful to me. That's the part of teaching that I, I really love. Um, especially with Trump in office, if there's an opportunity where people could just be human and care for one another in real time, live, you know, in the same space. Oof. I, about a year ago, I had a student, and he was older um, and southern. <laughs> it's hard. Like, I don't know. It's a southern guy around here, or whatnot, and not purposely raceful, racist. It's more like an institutionalized. Didn't even know that his actions have that kind of you know connotation and so something came up we ended up having a conversation and you did it was great because people saw that oh because they're like oh that's the old racist guy that's not who he was he actually was a very caring and giving guy and then also watching him learning how this has actually been pretty hurtful and that made and not that i we don't want him to feel like shame but awareness and then the ability to change yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful part. And that's where we get to, that's where we really get to like slip in that message, which I love, which is that this art form serves us. We don't have to confine or have to, you know, always try to be something we're not like it's here to serve us. And this is one way that it does it. That's, that's great. Do you have any favorite exercises that you like for all your classes? 
none of them. I hate them. I never want to do an exercise. Never, never, never want to exercise. What's the point? Just put me on the stage and then straight to SNL. Come on. I, I have someone right now who there's no place to really just do like improv recreation, if you will. Um, it's just not how we, it's just not how we operate around here. And she's very angry that things are leveled in classes because improv isn't about that. It's just about getting up and doing. And I'm just like, yes. And it's not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's also, it's a technical skill. Otherwise we would all just be getting up and doing. Uh, I think my favorite work sh- uh, exercises right now, I like the, the ones that have like, they just organically just come up. So it'll be like someone will just like slap, slap their thighs and clap just randomly. And then uh, someone will hit a baseline. And now we're doing like the Mike Jackson uh, thriller or whatever. So those are my favorite where we just kind of as a group make one up. Um, and then another one would be, um, Transformer is always good where you, you know, take on whatever is given to you. I like those. I also love uh, Katie Wants a Corner. You know, I like that. Um, I used to, yeah. The, and yeah, so anyone that can get me really silly really quickly is my favorite. Whatever, yeah, whatever can make me just like real, like Jim Carrey wacky. I like that. Are there any other um, thoughts or anything I haven't? touched upon in terms of what we're talking about or no this is great this is everything i think uh this is part one of an ongoing conversation because <laughs> where can people find you online um john gebertatios g-e-b-r-e-t-a-t-o-s-e uh and if you just search that nobody else spells it that way so you'll be fine right there <laughs> Also, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. This is such a great opportunity, and I'm honored that you would have a uh, little old me doing, uh, you know, doing this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome.